College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. All right, we are live. We're going to let the stream breathe. You know the drill, Broncos Country. Welcome in to the Huddle Up! Podcast, presented as always by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, is my partner in crime, fresh off an evening off. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, as is just the way the football universe seems to work, the night we're off, big piece of Broncos news breaks. Mike Shanahan is getting enshrined into the team's ring of fame, officially elected because of the uncertainty of 2020 in terms of fan attendance and whatnot, he's going to actually, the ceremony will be in 2021, but he's in the ring of fame officially. His last year that he coached in the NFL was 2013. And so what's it been? Six, seven years, whatever it's been. Now he's going into the ring of fame. What was your gut reaction to hearing Mike Shanahan, who let's it's worth mentioning, got put into the ring with Joe Ellis still at the top of the hierarchy in Denver. Yeah, I think it's it's a no-brainer for the Broncos. I mean, even though it's going to be for next year because of you know the issue that shall not be named right now, it's a no-brainer for the organization. And like we've been talking about, they're slowly but surely getting on uh, better terms. They're, they're reconciling with with franchise legends, even players like Al Harris. You know, every player that's you felt has been snubbed from the Ring of Fame or Hall of Fame, they're getting back in their good graces. So Mike Shanahan, no-brainer. I personally believe it's only the first step. It's a sign of things to come for him. First is the Ring of Fame, next is the Hall of Fame. But, you know, arguably the best coach in Broncos history, and if not the best, and top three choice. So no-brainer, absolutely. I'm really happy for him. Yeah, as someone who can go all the way back to Shanahan's first stint with the Broncos back in the – in the 80s as a wide receivers coach, then as a quarterback's coach, an offensive coordinator, bounces around, comes back, bounces around again, then comes back as the head coach. And just having the full scope of what he meant to this team, like I don't think it's debatable. Mike Shanahan is absolutely the greatest head coach in team history. And if you look at his resume, I mean, this press release that was sent uh, to Mile High Huddle by the Broncos, I mean, the list of accomplishments on this dude's resume is just unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable, which is why I think if Denver media continues to kind of push the envelope, push Mike's name, keeps it kind of in the forefront conversation wise when it comes to the Hall of Fame, 
I'm I'm at least I can at least say I'm optimistic that he might eventually get into the Hall of Fame. I fully believe he is 100% deserving of the Hall, but that doesn't necessarily mean just like we've seen over the years with Steve Atwater, Terrell Davis. They eventually got in. They were deserving the entire time. Other guys, you know, that are still waiting their turn, Randy Gratishar, Carl Mecklenburg, these guys are deserving of the Hall. Doesn't mean they're going to actually get in, but I'm at least optimistic that based on how rare Shanahan's accomplishments are that he has a shot. It just might not be in the near, near future. I'm a lot more optimistic than I would have been a couple of years ago because in that time, the Denver Dominoes have fallen in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Pat Bowling got in, Champ Bailey got in, Terrell Davis got in, Steve Atwater got in. More and more Broncos, especially snubbed Broncos, either coaches or players or owners, in Pat Bowling's case, have gotten into the Hall of Fame. They're cracking Canton. And, and based on this latest honor for Mike Shanahan and, and how he's revered around the NFL, not just in Denver, not just with Broncos fans and Broncos players, he is one of the best coaches in NFL history. And he spawned a, a coach in Kyle Shanahan who's quickly becoming on an early career trajectory as one of the best coaches in NFL history. So you look at his bloodline, his talent, his accomplishments, it's a no-brainer. I think he will be in Canton by 2025. Well, and they say when it comes to the Hall of Fame, a rule of thumb is can you tell the story of the NFL or that era of the NFL without mentioning that player's or that person's, that coach's name? And in the case of Mike Shanahan, I would say from 1995 through 2008, and you can even go before 95 when he was the offensive coordinator of San Francisco that helped Steve Young get his one and only Super uh, Super Bowl ring as the starting quarterback of the Niners, you can't tell the story. Because Mike Shanahan, yes, he built his West Coast offense on the bones of and was extremely influenced by Bill Walsh. But what he did with Alex Gibbs uh, injecting, kind of tweaking the, the running game to be the zone blocking system, all the 1,000-yard backs that were cranked out, all the 1,000-yard receivers, John Elway to Brian Greasy to Jake Plummer and then eventually Jay Cutler – his systems, man, it changed the game. And even to this day, who were the hot young coaches that everyone was after these last two or three coaching cycles, whether it was his own son, Kyle Shanahan, who, as you say, he, in a literal sense, he absolutely spawned Kyle Shanahan. Um, but going back, Sean McVay, it's, those were the hot names, and the schemes they run are 100% basically the Mike Shanahan scheme. So that's why I think eventually when you – if there's enough push, if there's enough of a groundswell – on behalf of Mike Shanahan in the same way that there was for Mr. B in the same way that there was for TB and even Steve Atwater, I think it's possible. I do too. And, uh, you know, he's not just one of the best. Like I said, his accomplishments is taking two separate teams to a Super Bowl. How many coaches have done that? And the coaches that have, Chad, they're all in the Hall of Fame. So I believe he firmly has a place waiting for him in Canton. He might not be in relatively soon. It might take a few years. It might take, like you said, Chad, Broncos fans and Broncos country to speak up and petition and, and make their voices known and put Mike Shanahan back on that NFL map. But him being in the ring of fame, is the first step in that direction. If he was going to be in the Hall of Fame, it wouldn't have been without being in the Ring of Fame first. So the fact that that domino fell is a sign of things to come, I think, in a good way for Mike Shanahan. Gang, we are excited about tonight's show. We have the man, the myth, the legend, Stu McPeak. You know him as Zeus McPeak. He is waiting in the green room. We're going to bring him on here in just a few minutes as the third installment of our superstar segments, whatever. I don't think we've really come up with a good name for these segments yet. Zach. we got to brainstorm that, but we can't wait to talk to Stu and introduce Stu to each and every one of you and, and uh, match the, the face to the, to the social media accounts and all that. It's going to be great. 
Uh, but first, just a couple of really quick matters of business. Also, we're going to talk tonight about the Justin Simmons situation. What's the holdup? The deadline's approaching. It's exactly one week from today. We're going to touch on that here in just a few minutes. First, though, gang, a couple quick, quick reminders. Huddle Up Pod on Twitter, at Huddle Up Pod. Make sure you connect, <clears throat> excuse me, connect with us there. Follow us on Twitter, and you're not going to miss anything as it relates to programming, what's happening with the Huddle Up Pod. And while you're at it, follow at Mile High Huddle on Twitter. You check those two boxes, you follow those two accounts, you're never going to miss anything as it relates to MHH and the Denver Broncos. And also, gang, if you're in a position, check out the merch store, huddleuppod.com. Get your swag on, get a face mask, get a football priest hat, T-shirt, whatever. If you're in a position to do it, it's another great way to support what we're doing here at MHH. And even if you're not in a position, it's all good. We are happy to just have you here in the live stream hanging out with us, or if you're listening to this after the fact as a podcast, we're grateful to have you listening and and a part of what we're doing here. But these three simple things, subscribing, liking, sharing, help organically in ways that you just can't even imagine. And those are three simple things you can do to help support what we're doing here. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Honey, Jane just told me how much she paid for Bob's funeral. I was shocked. Don't worry, Susan. We have protection through Gerber Life Guaranteed Life Insurance, which helps with our final expenses. When did you do that? I don't remember taking a medical exam. That's because we didn't. Coverage is guaranteed regardless of health. I have to tell Carol about this. Tell her to text INSURE to 30555 to get a free personalized quote instantly. Honey, Jane just told me how much she paid for Bob's funeral. I was shocked. I hope we'll have enough to pay for our final expenses so we don't burden the kids. Don't worry, Susan. We have protection through Gerber Life. Last year, I signed up for their guaranteed life insurance. It's a whole life insurance policy that helps with final expenses, such as medical bills, burial costs, and unpaid debts. When did you do that? I don't remember taking a medical exam or answering any health questions. That's because we didn't. With Gerber Life Guaranteed Life Insurance, Coverage is guaranteed regardless of health. And best of all, our premiums won't increase over time. I have to tell Carol about this. Just tell her to text INSURE to 30555 and answer four easy questions to get a free personalized quote instantly. Remember, tell her to text INSURE to 30555. All right, Zach, before we grab Stu, just because... The stream likes to jump when we get a lot of activity in the comments and we can't go back and grab them. We got to grab this awesome, very generous super from Mark Langley. It's also a wow. shout out to, to Stu. In fact, um, he said, incredible. I mean, it just blows us away, Mark. I literally told Mark two, three days ago, whatever it was, in person, dude, just come be in the community. Just be yourself. Do your thing. Yeah. Don't. I don't literally ever want you to super chat again. And what has he done these last two, two nights he's been, he's just showing the love, showing the support and uh, he knows, he knows we appreciate it. So thank you, Mark. Here's his message. What's up, my guys, Mahomes, how you like me now contract incentives include a fast food chain called Mahomes. Wow. A shout, a shout out to Zeus, the man, not a myth, but a MHH legend, hashtag football priest, hashtag MHH, hashtag, Huddle up pot and yes, <laughs> Broncos country, orange crush. All right, Mark, thank you, my friend. That means a lot. I think what better way, Zach, to bring on and introduce Stu than by way of Mark's little introduction there, impromptu. Here he is in the flesh, Stu. Hey. Zeus, 
we all uh, genuflect to Zeus, who has come on down from MHH Mount Rushmore. Stu, thank you for being with us, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. We've been looking forward to this. I know the community has been looking forward to this. And, you know, this is something that I think has people excited, bringing on key members from the community and especially the Super Chat superstars. And you have led the way in that front. And as we said privately, we, we really believe that the success of this show and the way it has grown exponentially since last football season, since September, you have a big role to play in that. And so, you know, we appreciate you. You know, we love you. But we wanted to, first things first, as, as we get you on the show here, Stu, is I'm not going to, I'll let you decide if you want to give away your geographic location, but let's just say you're not in Colorado. You, you exemplify the hashtag state of being. Mm-hmm. We want to know, being that you're not in Colorado, how you became such a passionate, outgoing, knowledgeable Broncos fan. Well, yeah, I live in Seattle, Washington. Uh, this is my 11th or 12th city around the United States. But, you know, I grew up in Idaho Springs, Colorado. I lived there uh, when I was nine years old and just kind of became, in, you know, captured by football and the Denver Broncos real early. I started watching football with Craig Morton. And then I saw Elway come in and take over in 83. And it just has been in love with the Broncos ever since. Sue, just real quick, show our our viewers your chair real quick. I got a kick out of it. I'm sure everyone's going to love that. Look at that, how cool that chair is. That's it. It's just perfect. It's a perfect throne for for Sue. For <laughs> I, I love it. But uh, tell us, you know, Stu, obviously you've been a long-tenured Broncos fan. In recent memory, or maybe even not recent, what's your favorite Broncos memory that you can recall? Is it the drive? Is it this one's for Pat, this one's for John? What is your favorite Broncos memory? I'm curious. You know, growing up and watching Elway and, and watching, you know, Mecklenburg, I mean, Shannon Sharp, you know, all those guys, and, and seeing them make it to the Super Bowl – several times and get their butts kicked uh, it to me it has to be the the first super bowl champion you know ship in 1998 you know no. and this one's for pat but you know coming in close second is the drive you know i remember watching that with my family up in Idaho springs and just just watch watching that come back and watching oh do his magic it was just unbelievable we were jumping up and down you know screaming with excitement it was unbelievable I'll never forget it. That was the beginning of the legend that Elway yeah. be- I mean, became, obviously, as a number one overall pick and all the uh, media noise he made by refusing to go to Baltimore and threatening to go to the play baseball for the New York Yankees and all that made him uh, notorious. But yeah. up until that point, he hadn't really done anything to make anyone in the NFL kind of sit up and, and really take him seriously. But that was the pivotal moment. Absolutely, it was. And, and then, of course, he had to follow up and do it to the Cleveland Browns the following year. So (laughs) yes, indeed. Um, Really quick guys, any questions, anything you want to run by Stu, just get it in the chat stream. We'll get to it here very, very quickly. Um, Questions about the Broncos, questions about him, anything you want to talk to Stu, get him in into the chat stream and Buona beast. will get him on the screen here in short order. All right, Stu, a lot of hype has been created this off season for Drew Locke and for this Broncos offense based on the five games in which Drew Locke started for the Broncos last year. Is that hype justified in your mind? I think it is. I think it it should be cautiously optimistic, 
you know, five games is a very small sample size. So we definitely need to see more, but look, it's a great starting place. It's a good starting point. You got to start somewhere and it's nothing better and more important than a good start. And I think Drew Locke has absolutely done that. All right. Putting you on the spot, record prediction, 2020. What do you got? Uh, boy. Uh, I see the Broncos going nine and six this year, maybe a little better. depends how it goes, you know, with the pandemic and everything going on. It's, it, it could be a little challenging for them. They're just not getting that close touch time with each other, which I think t- is more important than anything. That is a concern. That is a concern. We got Eclipse Stormborn, one of the superstars, jumping in to show some love. Appreciate you, Thank Eclipse, you. as always. And he says, happy hump day, Priest, Zeus, and Broncos country. In your guys' opinion, who are the to- uh, top two Shanahan draft picks? One offensive, one defensive, hashtag state of being. Ooh, that's a good question. Offensive, it has to be Terrell Davis, and not just because he became a Hall of Famer and an MVP and a 2,000-yard rusher and all that, but because he was a sixth-round pick. I mean, you had to scout that draft to really find Terrell. I mean, not to say he played in the SEC, he played at Georgia, so it's not like he was hiding in plain sight, but a sixth-round pick offensively, defensively, man, I'd have I might have to give that one that one some thought. What do you you got anything off the top of your head, fellas? I'll think. defer to, to Zeus. Oh yeah, put me on the spot. <laughs> that is that is a tough one. I'll have to give that one a little bit of thought on the defensive side. I mean, I was going to say TD as well, but which that was that's a pretty easy pick. But what are the I guys? Mean, stream. It's hard to say because he goes back. He had full control personnel wise the day he was hired to be the head coach. We, I'd have to go back and stare at some of those 90s draft classes of the Broncos, but in more recent memory, I would say getting Elvis Doomerville in 2006 in the fourth round was a pretty dat-gum good draft pick by Shanahan, who, let's yeah. face it, the draft wasn't really where he kind of built his legend. Not to say that he didn't have his hits in the draft. He did, but especially in the premium rounds, he didn't have the greatest of success in the draft. That's probably one of the things when you hear criticism of Mike Shanahan, it's about his swings and misses in the first round, second round. But I would say Elvis Doomerville, I would throw DJ Williams in there as a first round pick. You know, he, I was that, I got to admit that year in which DJ Williams was the pick, I was kind of pining for Steven Jackson, the running back, but DJ Williams turned into a pro bowl caliber guy who never quite got over that hump as, as a pro bowl, a bona fide pro bowler. What about Al Wilson? Yeah, I've just seen that on the street. Yeah, thank you. Throwing it Good. out there. Absolutely. He's a class of 2000, first round pick. Al Wilson, man, if he wasn't, if his career wasn't cut short, sky was the limit. I mean, he's he's one of those guys we could be talking about even now as a, as a future Hall of Famer. Uh, we got James Campbell, one of our superstars, also on staff here at MHH. And the last appearance when it came to these superstar segments saying, Zeus, what is your record prediction for this season? And who are your favorite Broncos on the roster? So you laid out your prediction. Who are your favorite Broncos on the roster? Well, the easy answer would be to say Drew Locke, but um, I love Von Miller. I I love defense. You know, I I think him and and Chubb are going to be exciting and they're going to be an absolute blast to watch. So I'm, I'm there. They'd be my favorite. I love how Zeus is catching on, though. It's, it's <laughs> so right. perfect. Ties into the uh, to our own per, our own kind of unique Mount Olympus, the MHH Mount Rushmore. We got Glenn Hauser jumping in, superstar. Appreciate you, bro. Thank he you, says, bro. our own big three tonight, Chad, 
Zach and Stu. All that's missing is the photo in the water on a banana boat. <laughs> Hashtag the Stu. Yeah, State of being MHH Rushmore. Appreciate you, Glenn. You know it. Yeah, man. Terry, Canada, showing the love, exemplifying, personifying the hashtag state of being. Terry's one of the superstars who has reached out, wants to be on the show. We're going to have him on the show. He cool. specifically requested to be the seventh superstar segment. He, he, I don't know why he thinks there's some like special significance in Broncos country for the number seven. I mean, don't, don't ask me where he gets that, but crazy. we'll see. Mike Evans, another bona fide superstar who has become just a linchpin in the community. Appreciate you, Mike. Thank you, Mike. Um, all right. So let me see here. Bear with me one second here. This stream just did a jump. Well, we might have to. I did see some questions for him. Yeah. Here's Christine. here's uh, Terry. Stu, do you have a flight tracking app? If so, which one? And do you think Justin Simmons will get done? And for how much money? And what's the term? Hashtag Zeus. With the handsome head. Hey, as a guy who a long time ago came to terms with the, embrace the bald, there's another hashtag for you, embrace the bald. I can appreciate a, a, another man that can rock the bald with such confidence and authority. That's awesome. Yeah, you know, Terry, I do have a flight tracking app. I use the United Airlines app. It's it, it's just, that's the only airline I usually fly, and and if I do fly another airline, I always use their app. It's pretty spot on. There's some out there you can pay for. Uh, but you know they got the flight flight tracker app. Uh, the, there's a million of them, but usually the most accurate are going to be uh, the airlines app. I also have some software that the airline has that I can go in and dig up some more information that usually isn't there for the public. Very cool. We got David Kilgore, also big time superstar member of the community, rocking the football priest hat, rocking the MHH face mask. Hope everything's going okay with you, by the way, David, because we know you've been uh, kind of battling the word that shall go unnamed. So our thoughts have remained with you, my friend. He says, hey, Zeus, what did you think of the Mahomes mega contract? And do you think Locke will be able to compete with Mahomes? What's your take there? What a fantastic contract. I need to figure out how I can become his brother. (laughs) I mean, 500 million. I mean, you know, will he get that much? Will he get all that? That that's yet to be seen, but the guy is set for generations and generations. And and you know what? He's earned it. The guy is unbelievable. I hate it because we're going to have to play against him for many, many years to go, but you know, he deserves it. He deserves it. So will, will Drew Locke compete? I guess only time will tell. You know, he's, he's off to a good start, but, uh, you know, Mahomes has set the high bar for sure. So, but I, I think Drew Locke's up to it. I really do. Mark Knapp on Facebook wants to know who your favorite Bronco is of all time. And if it is Elway, who's the next guy? Elway, of course, but uh, I always like to watch Mecklenburg. said, so I like defense and uh, Mecklenburg, he, he was just an awesome person to watch out there play. And, and you know, I, was coming home one day from school uh, when I was going to Colorado Aero Tech there and I was stopped at a gas station and who pulls in in a black Porsche on the other side of the pump? Carl Mecklenburg. I'll never forget cool. it. That's Pretty awesome. awesome. So I wish I would have asked for his autograph, but I was too shy. <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah. We got uh, Christy now. Uh, as you know, Christy, sometimes the stream, if it's early on and we don't immediately grab the comment or super chat, it jumps in and we can't go get it. So 
we're doing it the old fashioned way, copy pasting it into the banner. She's showing some love. Very generous. We appreciate you, Christy. Thank the you. queen of MHH herself said this was yeah. before we went live. Can't wait for Stu on the huddle up tonight. So appreciate you, Christy. Yeah. You guys are awesome. All right. Well, not, so you're seeing nine wins. That's where you, that's what you're feeling. Nine wins. Nine uh, to 10. Jordan, yeah. Okay. Bring, bring that back up, John. We got Jordan Johnson, the proud owner of one of the rarest pieces of MHH swag, rocking it on, on his dome there. Very generous super chat. He says, Stu, do you play fantasy football? Yes, I if do. If you do, will you draft Melvin Gordon or Philip Lindsay? Philip Lindsay all day long. You cannot replace heart. And and Melvin, I don't think, has the heart that Philip Lindsay has, and he never will. Thank it's you. Blood, so absolutely, I'll take Philip Lindsay. <laughs> Stu, prepare for the backlash, though, because you're taking Lindsay over Melvin Gordon. It's every time I open my mouth when it comes to it, it's just yeah. people can't accept that. But I'm right there with you. Yep. I don't know if you guys saw his conversation with Ladanian Tomlinson, who obviously they go back quite a ways because Ladanian was, uh, you know, Hall of Fame running back for the Chargers, and they've got that alumni connection and all that. And he was on who, and of course, Ladanian now NFL Network analyst had a segment. It was either yesterday or the day before, in which he was asked, "Hey, man, you know," he said some good things about Lindsey. Like I could pull up the article here and give you specific quotes, but the one thing I want to paraphrase here, the reason I'm bringing it up is, you know, Gordon said a bunch of kind of copacetic political things about. You know, I think we're going to make a dynamic one-two punch. And, you know, I learned a lot from Brandon Oliver in when I, when I was young with the Chargers. And what I learned is that you, you can pick up something from anybody in the league. And so I look forward to learning a little something about Lindsay. Very wise, very political uh, remarks. And then Ladanian got drilled right down to the bottom. He said, yeah, but that's all well and good. And it's good to hear that. But, you know, there can only be one number one. And you know this, Melvin, and he and he shakes his head and agrees. And he's all, so who's going to be that number one? Da, 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 da. And uh, Melvin Gordon said, yeah, you're right. There can be only one, quoting the Kurgan from the, the movie Highlander. Those of you right who have ever seen the movie Highlander, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But it's going to be an epic battle, you guys, between Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. And Lindsay's geared up, but I think we're sleeping a little bit on how geared up Gordon might be for this as well. Yeah, I have to agree with that. I think that's why Troy brought him in. He's yeah, kind of to, him up. to push to push the uh, <clears throat> to push the pile in a figurative sense. Absolutely. We got Duke Boynton who also showed some early early love on super chat. Appreciate you, Duke. Hope Thank you're you, doing Duke. okay with that eye of yours, and hope the kids are all right. He says for Justin Simmons and of course Zeus, Mister Mount Olympus, McPeak or Peak. Maybe you meant to say peak, but probably meant to say McPeak. Appreciate you, Duke. All right. Any uh, any other pressing ones, John, before we hop out of here? We don't want to – oh, we got uh, we got George Vandermark jumping in. Very, very Thank generous. You, Appreciate you, as always, George. And it's good to still see you. We're, uh, we're happy that we get you in the streams and the live streams these next – you know, that's the silver lining of you being locked in your in your house for the next two weeks. He says, so happy for Mike Shanahan. A bit surprised with Joel is still there. But if anyone deserves it, Mike does. And Stu, as someone who's been a, a basically a lifelong Broncos fan, you can probably remember back to the way the Shanahan era ended in Denver, purportedly, let's just say, all right, according to apocryphal sources, had a lot to do with Joe Ellis pushing Pat Bowen to rip the Band-Aid off, 
three consecutive seasons in which the Broncos missed the playoffs. And not only that, but three, two of those seasons, I mean, they were in striking distance in the last three games. They basically blew it, including 2006. 2007 was a crap show because Cutler was sick and they didn't know why he was sick. But in 2006, that was the year that uh, Cutler replaced Plummer and then they lost their shot at the playoffs. And then in 2008, they went into those final three games leading the AFC West, lost all three and missed the playoffs. And so Shanahan was fired. How surprised were you to see Shanahan get in knowing some of that bad blood water under the bridge between Ellis and Shani? I I wasn't surprised at all. I think it was just a matter of time. He earned it. He brought two Super Bowl championships back to back. How many teams have done that? Not too many. So, you know, bad blood, you know, at the end of the day, football and the great people that are involved with it, coaches, players, that usually gets settled and they do the right thing by the person. So I'm not surprised at all. Look, Stu is here contributing to the actual content on the screen, contributing to the actual content coming through your ear uh, buds right now, and he's still showing love on Super Chat. Stu, we appreciate you so much, my friend, and we're grateful that you had some time to come on the show tonight. We'll definitely get you back on. Bring you back on. We get a little bit closer to the season. We all got something to sink our teeth into football-wise, but thanks for coming on the show, my friend. Thank you guys for having me. Go Broncos. Go Broncos. And uh, make sure you follow Stu on Twitter as well, as you can see here, at Stuart McPeak. He is Zeus, and uh, we'll see you in the chat stream, my friend. You got it, guys. Appreciate it. All right. There you go. Zeus. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Dude, just such a quality guy. Legend. So, uh... Freaking sharp as attack. Um, 
probably can fix anything. He's one of the, he's one of those guys I envy because I am not a handy person. You guys have heard me talk about this before on the podcast. <laughs> like when something needs fixing around my house, my wife does it. She just kicks his butt and rocks it. I struggle with that stuff. Stu, he's probably one of those guys who can fix anything. Zach. He also has the clearest internet connection known to man, Chad. I'm, I'm envious of that. I mean, he's coming <laughs> in like we're in like 5K right now. So it's pretty cool to see that. We got uh, some advice, though, on exactly what his setup is. And he uh, gave us some, some good tips there before we went live here tonight. But uh, all right. So let's shift gears just for a second here <clears throat> and talk about Justin Simmons. So the deadline for the franchise tag is rapidly approaching. And it's not like if they aren't able to get a deal done, it's the end of the world. If they're unable to get a multi-year deal done with Justin Simmons, it simply means that he's going to have to play out 2020 on the franchise tag, which, you know, it's no big deal. It's just that he'll be a free agent again next spring. But John Elway has never franchise tagged a player and then not gotten a deal done, a long-term deal done ahead of the deadline. So we heard from Luke, um, MHH's Luke Patterson, uh, I think it was Monday, who said this on Twitter, quote, league sources that I talked with fully expect Justin Simmons to sign a contract with the Broncos before next Wednesday's deadline that could make him the highest paid safety in the league. Zach, what do you think might be holding this thing up? And do you think it has something to do with the word that shall go unmentioned? A hundred percent. Yeah. You just mentioned that every other Broncos franchise player has gotten new deals before the deadline. Well, that was in normal off seasons. This is not a normal off season and teams are really shy right now and tentative and, and understandably so to shell out big contracts for money when they are going to guaranteed lose revenue this year, whether it's at the stadium, whether it's in box office sales and merchandise, whatever, they're going to lose money this season by having either no fans or limited fans. So the, what the Broncos are doing with Simmons is kind of like what the Cowboys are doing with Dak Prescott. They have him under contract. They kind of want to see if last year's career seasons was a flash in the pan. Was it a sign of things to come or was it just the exception and not the rule? Justin Simmons looked great in the Vic Fangio defense, but does Elway want to make him the highest paid safety in the NFL? Is he better than Eddie Jackson? I think he's right up there. I think he's he's super talented. He's a great fit for the scheme. But do you want to pay the guy all that money on a long-term contract at a time where there's so much uncertainty from not just year to year, but by month to month and week to week. A quick aside, uh, we we flashed Mike's super chat <clears throat> earlier in the conversation, but we didn't read his comment. He says, truly appreciate this community, and he's betting 10 and 6 in 2020. Appreciate you, yeah. Mike, my friend. But yes, Zach, it's I honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. I have some real misgivings about making Justin Simmons – the highest paid safety in the NFL. I mean, looking at active safety contracts right now, when it comes to average per year, APY, I mean, that would have to exceed 14.6 million per year. As much as you fans out there might love Justin Simmons, are you, you got to ask yourself, is he worth paying $15 million per year in a scheme in which, Safeties tend to thrive wherever Fangio goes. The safeties are productive. They tend to thrive. At what point do you reach diminishing returns on that? I have some misgivings. Now, don't take that to mean that I'm advocating for the Broncos to just, hey, you know, get one more season out of him, pay him on the franchise tag, and then move on. That's not necessarily what I'm saying. What I am saying, Zach, is I don't blame the Broncos here for maybe dragging their feet a little bit, I'm looking either. before they leap, especially in, in light of the fact that there's a really good chance that next year's salary cap is going to be significantly diminished because just for, as an example, Oh gosh, what was it? What team was it 
today. Um, they announced that they're the capacity for their stadium fans the are going to be there. Who was it? The Ravens, I believe. Yes, thank you. It was the Ravens. Mm-hmm. So many tweets I read, um, but fourteen thousand. Okay, compared to I don't know what the stadium capacity is, but it, it's at least around fifty thousand and probably more, probably between sixty and seventy thousand capacity. So fourteen thousand is a drop in the bucket in terms of ticket revenue then that team is is going to be used to. It's going to affect the salary cap and they'll try to offset it by, you know, different advertiser, you know, trying to reel in advertisers in different ways and try and bump those numbers as best they can. But Zach, if you don't know what revenue is going to do to the salary cap next year and you got a guy in Justin Simmons who's super talented, super smart, one heck of a leader, but he's only got one year really to hang your hat on right. in terms of elite level production. I don't blame them for dragging their feet. I don't either. And the Broncos hold all the cards. It's like, okay, you do it again. You have another great season with Fangio. We'll pay you. We'll open up the checkbook, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. And even if he doesn't get a deal by the 15th, they have until next offseason to hammer something out. And if he doesn't have another good year, then they can think, okay, in hindsight, we shouldn't have paid him. He wasn't worth the investment. And we've tied up enough money in our secondary. Kareem Jackson, A.J. Boye, you, you just drafted a cornerback. You're going to have to maybe pay him in a few years. There's a lot of money in the secondary. And I believe Simmons is worth it. I just don't think at $15, $16 million per year. There's a reason why Genevion Clowney, Everson Griffin are on the open market still. There's a reason why uh, Cam Newton took until late June to sign. Teams don't want to shell out contracts right now at all. They want to maintain their money and save their money and pinch pennies right now, not give out record-setting, market-resetting contracts to up-and-coming players. Simmons is deserving. And in a normal offseason, this deal would have been done by now, Chad. They wouldn't have taken it down to a week. But this is not a normal offseason. These are uncharted times. No one knows how to act. No one knows what the money is going to be like. No one knows what's going to happen this season. Are we going to even have a season? Will Simmons even play this year? So how can you invest 15, 16 per year in a guy when you might not even see him play in the first year of that extension? I don't blame Denver at all. Yeah, yeah. You know, I really am, though, for what it's worth on the on the season. Like, I – there was a part of me for a long time that was, that had us, you know, I maintain optimistic tonality and, and the content of what we said here on these podcasts that the season was going to happen. But from what I'm seeing here from the teams around the league, the season's happening. It, it just, again, comes down to fans. And that's why the, these NFL teams, as Zach just said, they're dragging their heels on some of these contracts because they just don't know what the future holds revenue wise because that's how players get paid that's how teams have the the coin to pay the the players kevin peterson while Stu was on the on the uh, broadcast jumped in with a super appreciate you kp to let let Stu know you're the man brother and then we also missed one uh not missed i think it just came in late we might have missed it and if so we apologize here but let me see here from christy this was a question for Stu. if we get games this season are you planning on going to any? And if so, what game or what games? So Stu can probably uh, answer that in the chat stream, but I'll tell you this. I'm not going to have any, this is just me. I'm not going to have anything holding me back from going to a NFL game. I'm not going to have anything holding me back from going to a college football game. So long as they allow me to walk through that, that the gates. Okay. If I, as long as I know that I have access to my own, personal protective equipment. I can take a face mask. I can put on gloves. I know that there's going to be, you know, Purell stands like every three feet basically for people. And there are going to be other um, 
adjustments, other tweaks to the stadiums and whatnot that teams are making to try and mitigate it down as best they can, the risk factor that anyone might have from, from going and sitting down into a game. I myself will have no problem doing that. But I am curious to know how some of you might feel as fans. Do you, would you agree with me? And Zach, how would you feel on that same topic she's she's talking about? Yeah, I'm right there with you. It's the same reason why I'm not scared to go to my grocery store without a mask right now. It's my own decision. It's my responsibility. And I'm still following the rules when they're applied. If you need me to wear a mask, I'll wear a mask. But if I don't have to, I'm not going to. If I want to go to a game, if I have to sign a waiver, fine. It's my chance that I'm taking. And if that's the case, and I think a lot of NFL fans, considering how we've been starved of sports the last three, four months now, I think fans would jump, or, or most fans would jump at the opportunity, especially the younger crowd, Chad. 20-year-old fans, 30-year-old fans, maybe even 40-year-old fans, they would happily go to a game of their favorite team if only to get them out of the house after the last five months. Gang, before I forget here, there are some congratulations in order because Buona Beast, you guys know his name now. It's John, and he published his very first article at milehighhuddle.com today, and it was on this very topic very analytical, very well thought out look at whether fan waivers are a viable solution to attending a Broncos game in 2020. John Cronenberg himself, you guys know him on YouTube as Buana Beast. We call him Buana. But I recommend each and every one of you go and read this article. It's good food for thought. And he talks about in this piece, Zach, the, the results of the polling we did on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter where we asked the community, we asked the audience, which is basically all Broncos fans, if they would be willing, if the NFL or the Broncos were to make it uh, you know, a requirement to attend, would you be willing to sign a waiver to attend a Broncos game? Oddly enough, the percentage on YouTube, the percentage on Facebook was north of, is between 75 and 80% on both of them. On Twitter, it was a little bit lower, 70% of fans. But still, Zach, an overwhelming majority of Broncos fans agree with you on that. Look, I'll take my chances. I'll be smart. I'll take responsibility for my own, you know, health, my own risk factors and whatnot, because I value going to the game. I value being there the whole nine yards, but congratulations are in order to Buona Beast who, you know, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to have the very first article you ever wrote on a published platform to come out on freaking sports illustrated. So congratulations to you, John, you crushed it. Well done, my friend. Yeah, be sure to check it out, guys. It's a really, really well-quality, well-done article. It's very informative, and it's very relevant, Chad, for what we're going through right now. And I think it just, it takes the pulse of Broncos fans, and you can see it in the chat. A lot of Broncos fans are saying, I would go to a game. I don't care. I mean, I, I want to go support the team. I want to go be around my my fellow fans. I think that's the overwhelming opinion. And the same 70 80%, not to get into a scientific discussion, the same 70 80% are the ones that wouldn't get sick either way. That's just... Neither here nor there, though. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent, 
Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Speaking of superstars, we got Steve Baumgartner jumping in on Super. Thank you. Appreciate Steve. you, my friend. And hey, man, it might not be a football priest hat, but you're rocking a Dove Valley Deep Divers hat under the MHH brand. We love it, dude. It's good to see. You. We appreciate you. And you're a big time supporter of all the podcasts, and, and it really means a lot to us. He says, What do you think Jerry Judy's stat line will be this season? And that might have been something initially intended for Zeus himself, but. The over-under, I want to say, on his yardage, it's 826 off the top of my head. I did, I've did. i done two articles on the topic and did a couple of hits with Sports Illustrated National. 826 yards. Zach, is he getting – are you taking the over or are you taking the under? Right there. I think 850, I was going to say off the top of my head, 850, 900, I think, in a best-case scenario. But this is going to be Cortland Sutton's offense. Yeah, He's going to have 1,300 yards, you know, 10, 12 touchdowns. He's going to beast this year. And Jerry Judy, considering the, the glut of other weapons on the Broncos offense, Hamler, Noah Fant, Melvin Gordon, you know, the rest of them, it, it's going to be – you know, uh, inconsistent to get his yards on a weekly basis, especially with the first year starter in Drew Locke. So I think maybe like 830, you know, six to seven to eight touchdowns or so. And I think maybe 50, 60 catches. I think that's pretty fair for Jerry Judy in year one. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, Eddie Royal has the biggest season in Broncos rookie wide receiver history back in, what was it, 2008, I want to say. And he came just shy of a thousand. He had like 90 receptions but something like 980 yards. That was the uh, final year of Jay Cutler in the orange and blue, if you guys can remember. And he caught a lot of passes, dude. He put up a lot. He had some big plays that year, and it still fell short of 1,000 yards. So, you know, 1,000 yards for a receiver is not a gimme, man. Even first-round picks like Jerry Judy, it's going to take some time. But if anyone can hit the ground running and kind of foil the traditional rookie learning curve that it takes. I think Jerry Judy's one of the top candidates to be able to do that, including CeeDee Lamb as well. Henry Ruggs, I think, will actually take a little bit more time to marinate in the NFL. But Jerry Judy, man, he can hit the ground running. And with that, his his prowess as a route runner, I mean, we've saw – it's not like he was playing – even Cortland Sutton took a little bit of time to marinate, but not much. By the time he got uh, to the regular season as a rookie – you know, he was eating away at Demarius Thomas's reps, and it wasn't long before DT was shipped away. 
but he was playing at a really small school. He was playing at SMU. Jerry Judy played in the freaking SEC. Almost every guy, well, I shouldn't say that. A lot of the guys, more so than Sutton, for example, that he went up against in college, Zach, ended up in the NFL. NFL quality talent that he was, or competition he was going up against in the SEC, which is why I think it'd be fair to expect a little bit more of an accelerated statistical production if Drew Locke ends up being the truth and he can be that point guard distributor of the football. If Sutton wasn't on this team, I think Jerry Judy absolutely can clear a thousand yards this year. But I was going to say, if Locke has that 4,000 yard season, if it's the year of Drew Locke, then they can have 2,000 yard guys. And the next guy in that pecking order, it's not KJ Hamler. It's not Deshaun Hamilton. It would be Jerry Judy. So if he, if Locke has a big season, like you alluded to, he could be a thousand yard guy as well. All right. Kenneth Booker with an interesting topic here. If, Lindsay demanded a trade. We could try to pull off something similar to the Clinton Portis for Champ Bailey. Maybe Lindsay, Jeff Hireman, and Isaac Yadam for Patrick Peterson or some other Broncos that could make that trade work. Zach, with no what way. you know about where Patrick Peterson is currently in his career, you can argue one of the greatest corners for his era. I honestly think he's been one of the most overrated corners for his era, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Would you make that trade? Would you? Is, there, is that good value to you? It was Lindsey Hireman and Isaac Yadam for Patrick Peterson, or even Lindsey straight up. He doesn't have the star power. It's not Portis for Champ Bailey. You know, as much as I love Philip Lindsey, he's not in that same category as Clinton Portis was. The Cardinals would hang up the phone if you offered that. It wouldn't go down that way. Hireman is a guy that you might cut. Isaac Yadam is a is a you know arguable draft bust. The Cardinals would never make that trade. I'm, I'm a little higher on Patrick Peterson than you are, Chad. I think he's a really, really solid, consistent cornerback. But there's no way in reality that the Cardinals would ever jump for that trade. <laughs> From Glenn, Stu, do you have any questions for Stu? <laughs> uh, EDJ, he's saying Stu's glasses were better than Chad's. That might be true. <laughs> Mine, aren't the greatest. Mine aren't the greatest. Um, all right, let me see what else we've got here. Yeah, Kenneth brings up uh, Ryan Clady. So if we talk about some of the greatest – no, it's okay, John. Uh, some of the greatest um, Shanahan – offensive draft picks. Clady was, man. He had a chance to really be something, and I still think he has a strong, solid claim for the ring, but he he would have been one of those guys like Gary Zimmerman. If he stays healthy, if he's on that Super Bowl 50 team and he's starting at left tackle instead of Ryan Harris, Ryan Clady ends up you know, probably having a solid bid for the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, Benji Clay jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. He says uh, on Super Chat, great show, even better community. That means a lot to us, man. We appreciate the kind words on the show, but it's the community. It's a testament to to the listeners and what it's become, this hive of activity and passion and conversation. It's just been great to see how it just has grown and, and taken fire. Zach. It, it's true. I mean, we wouldn't be where we are now, Chad, if it wasn't for our community and our listeners doing these podcasts and having our guests on and being so interactive. Uh, we try to give back as much as possible to our listeners and to Broncos country because we owe them what we have now. And we're so appreciative for that. James Campbell jumping in uh, to say, honestly, the Broncos should want to pay Simmons before the Vikings pay Harris. And before someone pays Jamal Adams, he's been Elway's best pick. He's versatile and elevates others in, in this scheme. You got me a little bit closer. You, you mitigated some of my misgivings there, James, some really solid points. You know, it might just be the cost of doing business. It's just a part of me. I, 
that's just a lot of money to pay for a safety, man. And Justin Simmons was really good last year. He was second team all pro good. He was Pro Bowl caliber, but was he top of the mountain good? Was he transcendent? I'm the best safety in the league. Pay me commensurately good. I don't know. I, I mean, I really would have to uh, – I mean – Push came to shove. I'm doing it. I'm just giving him the money because he's that important to the team. But it's just, it's not something I wouldn't have my doubts on. See, I agree with James. I mean, to set the market value now and not have to pay later, they should they should pay Simmons now. And it would have happened if it was a normal offseason. I don't really have a problem shelling out 15-16. I think Simmons is that good of a player, and he's only getting better. We haven't even seen his ceiling yet. But in a time like this, Chad, when there's revenue being lost, we don't know if games are going to be played. We don't know what's going to happen this year. He can get... The the issue, Chad, he can pick that sickness up and miss the entire year and miss multiple weeks. Then what? So you shell out $60 million and you're not going to see a down from the guy. I think the Broncos learn from Juwan James. Maybe let's not reset the market before we see what this guy has for more than just one, one season at a time. All right. Let me see here really quick. Um, oh. Hold on, John. We got to give you some love first, dude. Glenn's here saying, "You do a good, a killer job in the stream too. A great addition to MHH. Yeah, I agree. It's a beast. And and John is another good example of just football serendipity. I didn't know John from Adam when um, we first crossed paths. Neither did Zach. We didn't know him. He was a commenter and a very outgoing and prolific commenter on our YouTube videos. Then it turned into a prolific commenter on the YouTube streams." And then one thing led to another. We said, you know what? He's like trying to, you know, keep people in line. He's telling trolls to pound sand and, you know, he's being positive to people and welcoming and encouraging. Hey, let's make him a moderator on YouTube. It's a simple thing you put for, for us on the back end on YouTube. You find the guy's handle, make him moderator. And it just one thing led to another. But Zach, it's a good example of just football serendipity. The universe puts people where they need to be at the right place in the right time. Yeah, I, I always tell John after we finish up the shows, Chad, how instrumental he is. And when I had to do the pod by myself, I mean, I wouldn't have done it without John being on that back end and being that producer role. It makes things so much better. And he's a really good guy, really good Broncos fan. I'm really happy to be working with him. All right, what did you have there, John? I cut you off. Mr. Boggins in the hizzy. Good to see you, my friend. Thank, Thank you. you for the support. He says, cut Hireman. Give Simmons the money. Simmons isn't just fantastic on the field. He'll lead – on the defense into a future without Vaughn. That's a good point. That's a good point too. The the community is starting to swing me a little bit closer, the pendulum wise, but um, yeah, I mean, Vaughn is entering his 10th season. He's on the wrong side of 30. We are hopeful that 2019's relative step back statistically was an outlier. So many different factors point to it being an outlier, but we can't roll out the possibility that father time is, you know, which remains undefeated in, in the except for in the case of Tom Brady because he must have sold his soul to the football devil or something. I don't know what he did. But Father Time, it's it's only a matter of time. And so in this point that Boggins is making, you're gonna need someone to kind of carry that torch forward into that next era of Broncos football defensively. And Simmons obviously does fit that bill. 
I think that'd be Bradley Chubb too. They play the same position, but can we cut Jeff Hireman either way? I mean, regardless of uh, Justin Simmons' <laughs> status, can we just cut Hireman? The thing with uh, the Broncos, the last point I'll make on Simmons is he's a very team-oriented guy. He's not going to milk or juice the Broncos, shake down the Broncos. He would actually, I think, take a little less to stay in Denver. With the team that drafted him, gave him a chance, the team he broke out with under Vic Fangio, I mean, it wouldn't be for nine a year, but it maybe be for 12, 13 a year, or 14 a year. And that's a major difference when teams, like I said, are pinching pennies every single time, every single day, moving forward until further notice. Duke, we appreciate that reminder for people. Soft, gentle reminder. Make sure you like this video, gang, whether you're watching live or after the fact. Very helpful for us. Let's grab Robert's question here on YouTube. And I'm I'm actually going to cite John's article. Robert wants to know, how are the Broncos handling the stadium without fans? Some of those changes we don't quite yet know. But here are some – what John's saying here is a limit the number of fans that could still apply to in something like the Broncos store where it's indoors, the concession stands, bathrooms, increased signage to explain the new rules, increased cleaning crews. That's a given increased number of healthcare professionals on site at mile high to provide assistance. If when needed masks, perhaps provided with the purchase of a ticket that could be distributed as fans enter the stadium. And then of course, Purell hand sanitizer stations placed throughout mile high. Zach, those to me are a bunch of common sense solutions that could really help ease this thing back into action. You know, might this this year might be mitigated. We might be, you know, teams might have to allow 20% of their normal fan capacity in and try and, you know, recoup their losses next year. But those are some common sense solutions. Yeah, you cut, you froze midways, but I, I understand what you're saying in terms of what they can do for the stadium. Um, the the biggest one to me is just have a waiver for the fans if they, if they want to do something like that. It would take the liability away from the team and put it on the fans. If you want to come to our games, you have to be okay possibly contracting the issue, the the virus. And if you don't want to come to a game, we understand, but we're going to defer your tickets, your season tickets to 2021. We're going to have cleaning crews. We're going to have things set up. We're going to make it as safe as humanly possible in the middle of a worldwide pandemic. And if fans yeah. want to do that, then that's on their own. That's their own volition. But they're going to be reduced capacity, probably six feet apart, distanced. It's going to be weird if we get fans at all, which I still think is kind of a long shot. Yeah. Nice, Glenn. Appreciate that. Stu, drop the mic so you can drop a like. That's cool. A poet, and you didn't even know it. You see what I did there? Mundungus in the house. I checked out your website, my friend. Um, I tried to find on Amazon some books. To, to I tried to search on your Amazon store for books that might interest me and suit me so I can patronize your store. Uh, and then I ran out of time, but I'll be circling back. Next time I, I go to buy a book, I'm going to check on your site first. He says, love you guys. Hashtag state of being. Hashtag Buana's neckbeard. Denver Broncos faux life. Okay. Appreciate that, Mundungus. Um, you know, there's a comment up here. Bear with me one second. Uh, something about, uh, and and God bless you and bless your heart. Don't take this as any kind of an attack on you, Angel. He says, my health it is first and more important than sports, <clears throat> et cetera. <clears throat> Absolutely your health, my health, Zach's health, John's health, Stu's, any, all of everyone's health. No, I should say the game is not more important than any one individual's life or death. That's just, right. that's a fact. But the thing to consider is, is that how you feel? Like, what are you doing to, are you ordering groceries to be delivered to your front door? Are you going out into the world? If you're going out into the world, what are you doing to protect yourself? 
if you can protect yourself going to the grocery store, if you can protect yourself going to, you know, the gas station, whatever it might be, or if you're working or whatever school, whatever it might be, well, I guess not school right now, but whatever it might be, why couldn't you do those same things going to sit in an outdoor stadium and watching a game? Now here's the, here's the response. I already know what it's going to be. Well, in that scenario, it's massive people and people screaming and cheering and shouting and, you know, all this, if you're that worried about it, then don't go. But that's why these teams, <clears throat> in light of that, are making the adjustments we just talked about. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry, I got a frog in my throat. I mean, I, it's, it's a decision everyone has to weigh on their own. And right. if that's what you decide to do, that's great. What I don't like is anyone advocating for the government mandate to just shut everyone down and lock them in their house until we got a, a V word. And look, that's just not the way life works. You know, it started with slow the spread. We did that, built up the hospitals, built up capacity, built up PPE. Nothing was overrun. Uh, we had ships sent to New York and Los Angeles that sat empty. We had Army Corps of Engineers going into different places like Seattle, building up uh, you know, short-term hospitals that did not get utilized much at all, if at all. And we slowed the spread. Now that changed that for some people, and I'm not saying this is Angel, so this is why I'm not saying Angel, don't take this as a personal attack, but that changed somewhere along the way. And I don't understand why to, we can't leave our house. We can't get back to life. We can't get back to being human beings until there's a V word. When did that change and why did it change? Uh, the media has so much to do with that, Chad. It's the group mentality, the mob think. It's just, I'm not going to wade into those waters, but Angel, I agree with you. I mean, football is a game. It's a sport. It's a hobby. It's it's a recreational activity. It's something we, Chad and I, do for our careers. But other than that, health is always more important. Family is always more important. But the beauty thing is about this country, Chad. No one forces you to do anything. If you're scared, if you're feeling sick, stay home. If you don't want to catch anything, stay home. If you want to go out, you want to go, go to a restaurant, you want to go to a football game, a grocery store not wear a mask go go or don't go stay home or don't stay home that's the beauty of this country you don't have to do anything it's completely free will but I, i'm with chad and i think a lot of people are as well we're not going to all just be shepherded as sheep into thinking into this little conform box into one way of thinking and, and you're not complicit if you don't agree with that it's just you have your own opinions and you do what's best for your health and for your interest if you're healthy uh, get out there. If you're not, stay home. It's it's your choice. All right, gang. We are coming up right against it here. Um, we might we might bounce out of here a little bit early today. I'm just helping out uh, Mauricio here. Just that the, the the deadline. Here's what the topic is on Simmons. The deadline is next Wednesday. If the Broncos don't extend uh, Simmons on a multi-year deal, he has to play by next Wednesday. He has to play on the franchise tag. So we were discussing. Uh, the odds of that, what's holding it up, et cetera. You can rewind and, and check it out. But Zach, I don't think today there's really much else to get to in terms of hot topics. We had Stu on, which was freaking amazing. Yeah. We had we talked about the Shanty news, even though the MHI guys crushed that yesterday. And we talked about Simmons. So with that being said, if we missed a question, if we miss, missed one of your comments, hold on to it. We'll get to it tomorrow night as the Mile High Mailbag. We look forward to it. Uh, Stu jumping back in, being the, the generous stud that he is the best thank you everyone especially beast he does a lot in the background he really does he does and uh we're we're grateful and uh happy to have john we're grateful to have Stu in the community you guys are making this just something that we never really i mean it's not like you don't plan for success it's not like you don't 
go into something like this and expect and hope for success. But you guys have taken this into a whole other stratosphere and we thank you for it. Yeah, be sure to follow John on Twitter at John K K A Y M H H. Be sure to follow Stu at Stuart McPeak. Uh, they're worthy follows. Great Broncos fans, great guys. Uh, and I, I love talking to them, Chad. I love working with Buana. I love Stu gave, gave us such an insightful interview. I was really listening intently to see yep. what he had to say. It's just uh, I respect his opinions and the way he, he feels about the Broncos. It was a great conversation. Make sure you follow the pod on Twitter, talking about Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. And while you're at it, you're going to want to also make sure that you're following Mile High Huddle. My partner here, Zach Kelberman, at Kelberman NFL. And you can find me at Chad and Jensen. Stay tuned because I'm thinking, I'm hoping anyway, tomorrow night we're going to have some, some, something new to break down. And if not, it's time to roll up our sleeves, Zach, and start diving deep into this roster. There's a million different angles we can take to start analyzing the roster whether we go position by position, breaking down depth charts, predicting depth charts. There's a lot we can do. So stay tuned for that, guys, and it'll kick off same time as usual, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. And until then, Zach, have a great night, bro. You too. Thank you, Stu, again for coming on. Thank you, Buana, for your help as always. I'm The Thursday night chat I'm always looking forward to, even in the doggiest days of a really horrible offseason, Thursday nights are always my salvation. So any question you guys have for us from the mailbag tomorrow, be sure to hit us up on here, hit us up on MHH on Twitter. We'll be sure to get to it tomorrow night. But gang, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Mile high salute to our Super Chat superstars. We love you. Shout out to Zeus McPeak himself, who we got to see in the flesh tonight, and a tip of the cap to John, a.k.a. Buona Beast. We'll see you guys tomorrow night. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. Talk to you then. You've been listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 